What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Friday. Yes, the weekend is here. And you're going to spend... I'm Will Brinson, by the way, the host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. But even though you love football, which you must do because you listen to this podcast regularly, you are going to spend the weekend... You will spend the weekend, he said hypnotizing everybody, watching the PGA Championship because it's sports and you probably bet on it. you got some office pool or maybe you're like Sean Wagner McGuff and you want to learn what the hell a bogey is. Uh, anyway, the PGA Championship is here. It's on TNT and CBS Sports on the weekend. And we are giving you tons of ways to follow all the action at the second major of the year. It is... On CBSSports.com and on the CBS Sports app, and it is all completely free. Doesn't cost you a penny. Speaking of free, you just go to CBSSports.com or download the CBS Sports app, and you can stream the whole freaking tournament for free. Feature groups, special angles. Kyle Porter will be there. Who knows? Uh, also free. CBS Sports HQ are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, streaming sports network, loaded with news, highlights, and in-depth analysis. It will get you your inside info, tips you need for your fantasy lineup, and to place winning bets during the PGA Championship. We're running highlights on HQ as well as actually having golf analyst in front of the show, Kyle Porter, live from Beth Page Black. Brooks Kepka set a course record 63, bogey-free 63 on Thursday. It is a it is a performance you will want to tune into, so download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV to start watching today. To the football news. Breaking news. Ryan Wilson has his audio working, maybe? Yeah. Uh, never in doubt. Never in doubt. No, just, no. I wish that we could do like a behind the scenes type of thing so people could understand that because you're the most tech savvy guy on this podcast. That's the great irony of this. And right. The issue is that yeah. Skype is going to F me right in the ear hole for like HQ one day because I'm going to need to do this in a hurry. And I've had this happen before. I've had to do Skype like um like the HQ segments, the video segments with FaceTime. Mm. <laughs> I'll let you guess how that looked. So I was scrambling despite having an HD camera. So sometimes the, the hookups don't want to work. So I had to restart the computer. No one cares. I'm back. And Well, what, what, what was happening before, it was basically like you're on the phone with your father. And he's like, now, like, he's like, put the phone down on the side. He's like, but he's saying it just loud enough where you can hear it. He's like mumbling his way through setting up uh, a cable box. And it was like, it was hell on earth. I cannot imagine how our resident millennial... Sean Wagner McGuff felt during that whole thing. Um, I I'm all in. I'm I'm with Ryan on this because I can't even get into my CBS email right now. Uh, that so I don't think I can really make fun of him for not being able to set up a microphone that I don't even have. Well, I would ask John Breach if he's technologically savvy, but he's holding a lav mic in his hand while he's recording this podcast, and he is using an IFB, both of which he's been doing for the past I don't know six weeks. This would be the perfect podcast if it was 2001. Because seriously, if people are watching this and they watch the background stuff, they'd be like, are these guys from 2001? What is going on? Why do they have no idea how technology works? Fire them all. We need to call our boys at CNET. And, uh, we look like, someone... we look like the world's first podcasters. Like, maybe, maybe, <laughs> figure, maybe, maybe this is going to take off. Back in the day, I used to do a podcast with some of my friends when we ran Brossom.com. And uh, we called it the Brown Hour, and we would do a podcast over Blog Talk Radio for an hour on Thursdays. And it was uh, it's gaining steam, and then we, we all went our separate ways. Unfortunately, it could have been rich. Now I'm just – Hold on quickly. 
Did you hear the name of that website? Brossom, Brossom. Don't tell him. I, yeah. Do you hear it? Um, I kind of ignored it at first. Was it Bronson? Don't Johnson? don't tell don't tell him, Breach. I was I was literally <laughs> thinking about this yesterday about how that's that's the most on brand Brinson yeah. uh, name for a website ever. And we need to come up with like four different names and have Sean figure out which one is actually the one that you guys use because I think. I'll let Breach come up with the names because he's good at coming up with like ridiculous things that Breach, uh, Brinson might actually do. Mr. Mittens. And there's like a – I don't think there's any chance that, that Sean will know which actual – the actual website. Right, let's do it. I'm going to mail Sean a Brossom hat when I send him you his – You just tell him – what are you doing? When I send him his Pick 6 podcast, he's going he's gonna to – He doesn't make... want to play the game because it's going to be more embarrassing for him, all the like things that Breach comes up with that could have been his <laughs> Well, we're not going to do it on this show. We'll do it on a later show. I don't care. I mean, I, I've done just a... told him the answer, though. He knows the answer now, dum-dum. I'm going to send him a mrmittens.org <laughs> hat. That's a true story. That's why the Carr family hates me. That's the origins of it. That's the one of them. Because Mr. Mittens sucked for the Panthers. That was David Carr back in the day. Shout out to David Carr. He's blocked me, too. Let's get to the breaking news, which actually is what probably caught Ryan all off guard. He'd had his brand flakes lined up. He ate them. He walked his dog. He uh, brought his kids back from school. He had his regiment down. He was going to start podcasting at one. And then Patrick Peterson suspended for six games as a result of a performance-enhancing test, a violation, Ryan. What um, What's your take on on Patrick Peterson, first he won't be playing for six games. Strong take. <laughs> That's my take. That team is still terrible. Uh, they signed Robert Alford in the offseason from uh, the Falcons. They drafted Byron uh, Byron Murphy the first round, the first pick of the second round in the draft a few weeks ago. So I mean they have options there, but Patrick Peterson is still one of the best cornerbacks in the league, one of the best players in the league. Fifth overall pick in 2011. Uh, he's only 28 years old. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. But here's the thing. He wasn't at voluntary workouts uh, last uh, earlier this spring, reportedly because he's not happy with the team. We've had conversations that he might get traded going back to the trade deadline back in October. Jason Lockenfor, our guy, was talking about that even then. Uh, you wrote about actually last month there were some rumors that he might be traded again. I think Antonio Bryant, uh, former Pitt wide receiver who played for the Cowboys, and, uh, and I think he may play for the Browns, can't remember. He had tweeted out that uh, Peterson was getting drafted. Uh, excuse me, getting traded. It, it didn't happen. Uh, it's not happening now. Uh, he's not going to play for six games, so he won't be available till October 20th, mm. which is uh, a day before my wedding anniversary. So that'll be a, a big moment for both Peterson and, and me. So, uh, also, my mom, I believe my mom will turn 70 the day that Patrick Peterson uh, uh, is, is nice. back. Yeah. Shout out to moms. Um, and Brinson, sometimes listen to this podcast, maybe. Who knows? Sean, do you think that the Cardinals can win more than five games? Yes. Good they answer. can. Okay, you guys are bringing the hot takes on this Patrick uh, no, Peterson No, I mean, it, I think a lot of it comes down to we just don't know because we don't know how Cliff Kingsbury's offense is going to look. We don't know how Kyler Murray's um, is going to look in the NFL. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to fill in some more information on the, on the, on the Peterson thing before we move on to the Kyler Murray stuff. Um, as tweeted by Dan Graziano of ESPN, the uh, policy for suspensions, the first time a player violates this policy by testing positive for a prohibited substance, attempting to substitute, dilute, or alt, uh, adulterate wow, a specimen, manipulating a test result or by violation of Section 5, he's suspended without pay pursuant to the following schedule. A positive test is just two games. 
A positive test result for stimulant or anabolic agent is four games, and a positive test result for prohibited substance plus a diuretic or masking agent slash attempt to substitute, dilute, or adulterate a specimen slash attempt to manipulate a test result slash violation of Section 5 is six games. In other words, the six games, Sean, is four not just a positive test, but an attempt to mask a positive test. Does this make you think of Patrick Peterson as a bad person? No. I mean, I just – Patrick Peterson's probably not the only person in the league who takes something, and he just happened to get caught, and I'm not going to – look, these guys are huge. They're taking – they're all taking some form of supplements, something to get them bigger. I'm just – I don't know. I, I feel the same way about baseball. I don't care about PEDs. It doesn't impact the way I look at any player. That's a – Strong take. Another strong take from Sean. Breach, what are your thoughts on uh, Patrick Peterson's suspension? Uh, well, I think it's hilarious, first of all, because this is a guy who has just been a train wreck all off season. We had, you know, back in October, right before the trade deadline, he says, trade me. I don't want to play for Arizona anymore. And then he kind of apologized a few months later. And then now he scrubbed his social media accounts of the Cardinals' names and their profile. And, like, Sean, our resident millennial, could tell us that if you – Drop someone's name for your social media profile. That's literally the first step towards a breakup. It's happening. So it's like, hey, I'm trying to get out of town. But now he looks kind of dumb because he's suspended. He obviously had to know the suspension was coming. These things don't just show up out of nowhere. The NFL probably would have told him that he's being investigated or something. So I think this is a whole weird look. And I think the Cardinals should just move on. Although his uh, trade value probably just dipped a little since he won't be on the field for the first six games. Yeah, I don't think they're trading anybody who's suspended six games. That's Well, I think if you're another team, you're calling because you're saying, hey, maybe I can get Patrick Peterson for a second-round pick, and also he's cheaper in 2019 by three. You're only paying him $7 million to pay. You you have him for what? What's 16 minus six? You have him for 10 games. (laughs) Got to do the math out loud, guys. I don't want to mess that up. So you have him for 10 games. It's going to cost you like $7 million. If I'm another team, I'm calling you up. And then you have under contract for 2020. So I don't think there's any downside to call make an offer to the Cardinals. Back in October, I actually said the Steelers should trade a first-round pick for Patrick Peterson because they're terrible at drafting cornerbacks in the first round. And, I mean, to John's point, second-round pick doesn't sound so terrible uh, for the final 10 games of the season. I think he's going to miss out on $3.8 million or so by not playing those six games. He dropped his, his, dropped his appeal, so it's, it's go time as soon as the NFL officially announces it or whatever. But – it's a very weird situation. Uh, I could understand why he doesn't want to be in Arizona for any number of reasons, none of which, you know, he made public. But I mean, it's a, the organization's a, a you know, a poop show, a poop yeah. show, if you will. Folks didn't know what he was doing. I'm not convinced Cliff Kingsbury knows what he's doing just because he has a deep voice and he, he looks short. He's a snappy dresser. So, I mean, we'll see, but I don't blame him for wanting to get out of town. I'll throw in one more thing. If there's one team that can suffer losing their starting corner for the first six games, it's probably the Cardinals. You look <laughs> at their schedule, they open up with the Lions, who are just like, you know, we've watched Matthew Stafford the last few years. That whole offense, nobody knows what they're doing there. Then they have the Ravens, who don't throw the ball. Then they have the Panthers. Cam Newton can't throw the ball more than 30 yards downfield. Then they play the Seahawks, who run the ball 90% of the time. Then they play the <laughs> Bengals. Andy Dalton, who knows where he's going to be. That could be trouble, but probably not. And then maybe the Falcons take advantage of it in that last game of the suspension. Uh, but other than Ooh, that, Rich, well, how many games do you have them winning in that, in that run? Uh, two. I, I, I thought Breach would be like, if anybody can, sus- uh, can sustain losing their starting corner, it's the Cardinals because they're going to lose all five games anyway. Right. Well, that is where exactly. I think they pick up maybe one more win, uh, Max, but I don't think 
it's going to hurt or help them. I think they're going to win the same amount of games whether they had Peterson or not. Dave? So a long-winded way of making Brinson's point. I do think that, like, it says something. It, it, if you take collectively, I understand it's easy to think about the Cardinals in sort of a way you're like, well, I mean, you know, if this – like, when we do that best case, worst case – I sort of talked myself into them maybe like being a 500 team if, if Kyler Murray was the truth and Cliff Kingsbury's offense worked fine in the NFL. I do think that when you take everything in totality that's happened with the Cardinals in the last 24 months, I mean, it's pretty hard to get behind the idea that they're going to win more than five games. Here's the thing. Two years ago, they won eight games without a quarterback. They had Carson Palmer and then Drew Stanton and I think – um did Blair, Blaine Gabbard even play a game that year? Whatever it was, they didn't really didn't have a quarterback. The difference was Bruce Arians. Steve Wilkes isn't Bruce Arians. Is Steve Wilkes plus Cliff Kingsbury better than Bruce Arians or equal to? No. So I think that the the missing piece is Bruce Arians. And um, let me put it to you this way: Who wins more games? This probably is even fair. Maybe you need to set odds for this, Princeton. The Bucks or the Bucks or the uh, or the Cardinals? Oh, I'd much rather have the Bucks. Give me some, uh, give me some odds on that. Uh, I will say that the Bucks are minus one and a half against the Cardinals. Okay, yeah, I like that. Who would you take? But I think mostly that's because of uh, who would you take? Bucks minus one and a half. So you get the Cardinals plus. So if the Cardinals win six Bucks. and the Bucks win seven, and you take the Cardinals, you'd win. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm taking the Bucks for one reason: Bruce Arians. Sean. Mm. You know, you guys know how I feel about Jameis. I think. He, but see, I will say this, and this is <sighs> apropos of nothing other than Ryan randomly pulling the bucks out of his ass. Um, that, uh. The Bruce connection. Oh, right. That makes sense. That's actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I followed it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I, I still think, I still think it's the bucks. Well, I do think that Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians are a perfect fit for each other in terms of what he wants in a quarterback and what Jameis Winston does as a quarterback. It's like, is it? He's the ultimate no risk it, no biscuit. I know, but there was that quote that came out from Bruce Arians talking about, like, what does Jameis need to do better? And he was like, stop throwing the ball to the other team, something like that. And if if Bruce Arians suddenly thinks that's going to stop, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Well, if nothing else, the, the interceptions will be 80 yards down the field now. <laughs> yeah. Better no, run. I would take the Bucks in that in that bet. Okay, let's move on. Thanks for asking me who I would take, Brinson. Who would you take, John? You're going to take the Cardinals just to be like, nah, you should have asked me. You can't skip me. Nope, I'm not answering. Okay. Oh, that means you're definitely taking the box. That one, Brinson. Definitely taking the box. I'm taking the fit. Um, I wish I had a Dave Chappelle audio clip. The fifth. Did I do that right? Sure. Moving along to oh, the New York Jets. We talked about this with Andrew Perloff of the DP Show, Dan Patrick Show, on yesterday's podcast. The Jets, of course, fired their GM, Mike McCagnan. Um, and there continues to be fallout from that. Uh, Ryan, as soon as Adam Gase took over as interim GM, which is just the most hilarious thing in the world to me. I, I don't know why. Uh, it's just like, all right, how about you, Adam? You just, you know, you just got fired by the Dolphins. Why don't you just run the whole team? Like, you don't have enough on your plate coaching and getting this team the second year quarterback ready. Why don't you run the team and all the personnel behind it? That seems like an easy thing to do. There's really only one person who's done it in the modern NFL successfully, Bill Belichick. But you go right ahead, Adam Gase. I'm sure you'll be able to pull it off. Uh, he's the inner GM, and he immediately traded a former first-round pick. Darren Lee actually is worth He should have been traded. And apparently one of the issues with McKagan, who was hired in January 2015 after they hired, fired John Idzek as part of the moving on from um, – maybe the Rex Ryan stood like had one year 
uh, overlap, and then they got rid of him. But they moved on to Todd Bowles, and now here they are with Adam Gase. And every time I think of Adam Gase, I just have that picture of him with his wide-eyed look at the Jets press conference. That's the only way you see Adam Gase now. But apparently Adam Gase had issues with players in Miami, and that's why he got rid of those guys. And even with the players that remained, they turned on him in the locker room, and that's why he got fired. So it only makes sense that you would put him in charge of personnel in, in New York. And, you know, it, it must be absolutely terrible to be a Jets fan because you're in the same division with the Patriots who never make a mistake. And all the Jets do and all the Dolphins have been doing a lot of is making mistakes. At least the Dolphins are trying to fix things with um, Brian Flores, Chris Greer. They they traded for Josh Rosen, which I like. I have no idea what the Jets are doing. Uh, I think it's hilarious that Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase were reportedly at odds over Le'Veon Bell paying him all that money, which I agree with if Adam Gase truly did make that case. But now Le'Veon Bell hears about this, and he's tweeting like, well, I've heard things in the past that weren't true, so I'm not going to believe it. I'm just going to play hard. But this is how they're going into this season, where they're already a terrible football team, where Sam Darnold needs to get better, and uh, a lot has to go right for them to win five football games. And I I think you can go ahead and say that the Patriots are going to win that division by five games. Patriots are minus 500. I've seen minus 350, actually, uh, and minus 500 for the Patriots to win. The Westgate updated the division odds three days ago. They had the Patriots at one to four. They were one to seven. They are now one to four as of May 13th. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty, pretty good odds. I'd hammer the Patriots. Are there bad odds for the Patriots to win that division? <laughs> I mean, if, if it's if it's like minus a thousand, you have to bet a thousand dollars, risk a thousand dollars to win a hundred. You're not and, risking it though. Well, you, but I mean, you get better off putting it in the bank. But I mean, the point is, you're not going to lose money betting on the Patriots. Right, right. But I mean, you also have to like come up with a thousand dollars, take it to Vegas, put plunk it down, let them hold it for nine months, and then go back and then like mail a check in and collect a hundred dollars nine months later. So I mean, but if you're but if you got to spend two fifty to get a hundred, that's not a bad deal. My point is that there's no way. On God's green earth, that the Patriots. Would you are not- guys? Would you guys take? Say Brady gets hurt week six. Would you guys take Patriots with their backup quarterback over the rest of the AFC East? Like would, if Brady got hurt, who do you think wins that division? Would you take the Patriots still? No, Sean. The answer, as Pete Prisco said yes on uh, two days ago on this very podcast, is the Buffalo MFN Bills and Sean MFN McDermott. I would like to see what the Bills have done six games in because that would be the only my only concern. If the Jets are six and zero oh, six weeks into the season and Brady gets hurt, I'm still taking the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I would too, by the way. And by the way, that Darren Lee trade reminds me how why wasn't he fired? Mike McCagan fired before this point. That 2016 draft wasn't just Darren Lee first round pick who didn't work out. It was then Christian Hackenberg in the second round. That, those might be two of the worst. You know, first two picks in a draft class ever. I, I, so I'm gonna, I want, I'm gonna name some names and I want you guys to stop me when I name a player that Mike McCagnan drafted outside of the first round who has been an, an imp, I don't know, I don't know what the, what the, I don't know what the bar is. Just stop. Level? Just a good pick. I'm, it's just a good pick where you're like, ah, it's a pretty good pick. It doesn't even have to be a good pick. Just like, ah, that's not a totally craptastic pick. All right, here we go. Just, Second round and beyond. We're not counting first rounders. He's been pretty good in the first round. He got Leonard Williams, Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, and now Quentin Williams, of course, TBD. Devin Smith. No, he's out. Lorenzo Maudlin, Bryce Petty, Jarvis Harrison, Dion Simon. And stop me. So stop me whenever. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, Jordan Jenkins, Justin Burris, shout out NC State, Brandon Shell, 
Lack Edwards, Sharon Peak, Marcus May, Marcus May, yeah, Marcus May. He was the one I saw. When yeah, I was he's not there. Yeah, he could. Um, he could. He could qualify. He's got potential. Our Darius Stewart, Chad Hansen. Go Bears! Shout out to Cal- <laughs> shout out to California. Yeah. The Cal. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Leggett. Dylan Donahue, Elijah McGuire, maybe he had like one or two games where he started him in fantasy. He was like fantasy, yeah. yeah. Jeremy Clark, Derek Jones, Nathan Shepard, Chris Herndon, maybe five hundred two receiving yards as a rookie last yeah. year. That's not a bad yeah. pick. Perry Nickerson, Fulorenzo, Fatukasi, and Trenton Cannon. I feel like you'd have more success reading names randomly out of a phone book. Maybe I was doing that. I mean, he has the, his claim to non-first-round fame. Can look, his picks in the first round, Sam Darnold, third overall, fell on his lap. Jamal Adams, sixth overall. Everyone said before the, before the draft, Jamal Adams is a rock-solid, great locker room guy, great prospect. Leonard Williams, sixth overall. These guys fell to him, and he, and he got, it's, I mean, credit him with the Sam Darnold trade-up and all that. I get it. Um, but like, for the most part, his draft history is terrible. I'm curious what Christopher Johnson wants to do. He pointed out this is the Jets CEO and owner. I think this is going to be a really attractive job. I don't think we're going to find any trouble finding a good GM here. I think this is an excellent spot. And he added on what he's looking for. I want a great strategic thinker. It's more than a talent evaluation. Yeah, so not case. It's more than a talent evaluation guy. I want a great manager, a communicator who can collaborate well with the building. I'm convinced we're going to find that person. That leads me to believe, Breach, that there is a pretty serious rift between Adam Gase and Mike McCagnin, uh, maybe even more so than is being led on in the media. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what it sounds like. And also, I rat- I'm retroactively giving the Jets 2019 draft class an F. Because if McCagnan had any say, clearly, as Brinson, you just read all those names, none of these guys are going to pan out except for maybe Quentin Williams. So I'm glad we have that. But it does – here's the crazy thing, and I know you and Perloff touched on this, but how do you let McCagnan have any say in the head coaching search? You know, like it's like – Or the draft. What are you – fire free agency. him. They spent so much money in free agency. Fire him it's, before he signs Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley and does all the drafts and then and hires the coach. What are, you, what are you doing? Like you had a say in the coaching hire. You hire this guy and then he dumps you. I mean this is like meeting a girl online and she dumps you for her brother or your brother. I mean it's just it's just like <laughs> – I don't really follow it. but <laughs> I, Unsurprisingly, and for those that don't know, we do this podcast over Skype. Perloff and I touched on this too. It's like – for those that listen all the time, the four of us are on Skype video, and so we can see each other. We've known each other for like five plus years now. Ryan Wilson, and I've known each other for twelve oh, at least. <laughs> Sorry, I'm more depressed. Uh, it is depressing. We've been podcasting in some form for like twelve years. Just can't really get one off the ground. I don't know why. Um, but it's coming. <laughs> it's one of these days, Ryan. Well, times the charm. Yeah, um, but the uh, but. Like, so we can see each other when we're doing this podcast, Super Friends shows, and, uh, it's Ryan's reactions. It's like, Breach is like, it's like if a girl meets you, you meet a girl online and she dumps you for her brother. And like, Sean and I are both like, whoa, that was weird. And Ryan unflinchingly dead fast asleep. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I met Breach's family at the wedding. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I can see Breach's more handsome brothers, uh, doing better than he would with the same young lady. It happens. Uh, oh, oh, you, you can see hey, a girl. Wait, 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 wait,
Yeah. Okay. Is that what I said? That's what I said. I thought you were going down a different path when you were talking about Preach's family. No. Yeah. Get your mind Multiple out. paths he could have taken. Multiple. Yeah, I took the, but, I took the but one. But the point time. is. I thought he was going the Targaryen uh, path, and I was uh, like, too far. <laughs> That's what I thought Breach was intimating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I misspoke at first. Yo, you, but, oh, you meant dump for your brother, not dump for right. her brother. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, okay. That, that, maybe yeah. me and Brinson, who, that's, maybe that's our problem. No, no, no. no. Breach like, said she dumps you for her brother. Okay. <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> I, I didn't flinch because I knew exactly what John was saying. Well, that's because you guys are creepy pervs. Um, <laughs> But yes, and, and so here's the thing. Here's the whole problem I'm going to say real quick to go back to your point, Brinson, is that like – so the coach and the GM clearly hate each other, and the Jets still went through free agency letting the GM make all the decisions. You know, like Adam Gase is sitting there like, hey, I don't think we should spend $7 trillion on Le'Veon Bell on a running back, and they still do it. So like how – can you function as an organization? How is Christopher Johnson giving the okay to all this and letting this GM? You clearly see they're not going to get along, and a split is going to have to happen at some point. Yet you still let him make all the key decisions for the past three months. So uh, I feel like this whole this whole this is a bunch of shenanigans. It's the Jets in a nutshell. I'm not surprised by any of it. And as Ryan has already said, they're doomed to fail. And even starting 6-0, and they couldn't beat a Tom Brady-less Patriots this year. So um, when they hired McCagney in 2015, they interviewed six people. This is what Woody Johnson said at the time before he went on to become ambassador. To Ireland. Um, but four guys didn't take the job, and those four guys were uh, Sean's dude, Ryan Pace, Chris Ballard, who was crushing in, in Indy, uh, Eric DaCosta, who was in his first year at Baltimore and was under um, Ozzie Newsom forever and, and did well in his first draft. And then the assistant GM in Minnesota, whose name I can't remember right now. But those are all big league guys, heavy hitters. No, they hired the worst candidate. Thank you, exactly. So yeah. for Chris Johnson to say, don't worry about it, uh, only the best people will want this job, that's a, a completely and utterly not true. And I suspect it'll be, as as uh, Breach pointed out, more shenanigans to follow. Same old, same old with the old Jets. If they were able to land, just very quickly, and then we'll go to break, and then we'll talk some – Maybe we'll even talk Game of Thrones on the other side. Um, if they were able to land uh, Joe Douglas and Daniel Jeremiah, that combo, how would you feel about that, Sean? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I don't. Wow. Like, I like Daniel Jeremiah as a you know as an analyst on TV. Local millennial like, Jeremiah sucks online. in his job. But I don't know. Like, has the TV to football organization thing worked out? that well we think recently and i know daniel jeremiah used to work in scouting departments yeah. right yeah. so at least he has experience there but like i feel like everyone when john lynch was hired was kind of down on it and then he had his first draft and everyone was really high on him and now we've kind of come back down because some of his picks haven't worked out he's made a couple trades we haven't agreed with uh so i'm not entirely sure about that we don't know how mike mayock has worked out yet it just it seems like yeah, one do. of those things where you just see this guy on tv all the time so you're just going to hire him. And I feel like there are probably people in the field who have been putting in the work and the hours actually in the specific industry who are getting looked over because certain people are on, on TV and, and the people who run these teams have TV on in their office and they're watching. I will, I will so, point out that DJ did work with Joe Douglas for, I think, like 10 years in Baltimore. So, I mean, like, they both came up. I mean, the idea being is that Joe Douglas, I think, would get the GM job and call DJ and say, hey, look, 
remember they when were we, like personal personnel assistants together. Right. Remember, Baltimore. but they're like, remember when we were grinding and we said if we could if we could run if we if one of us got a GM job, the other guy would hire. You know, it's like let's go do this, and maybe DJ will bail because as we said yesterday, he might he might just like living Plus, in California, making a ton of money doing TV work. Yeah, he has four kids, and he said that personnel assistant job almost killed him in terms of his family. And also, he's had actually other offers from other NFL teams. So I don't think it's solely just him being on television. I think he's he was actually really good at his job. But I would be I think it would be shocking based on the athletic article that um, was written just before the draft. It was actually awesome, uh, an inside look at sort of how DJ got to where he is now. Yeah, it's very good. Said, it said that he he right now he said maybe he'll change in the future, maybe when his kids go up to college or whatever. But um, there are worse hires you can make, I would imagine, in a front office. But uh, and I imagine the Jets will do that. So we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll mention we'll talk about uh, Ryan's draft lottery piece, maybe some Packers stuff, and a little bit of Game of Thrones before the final, and some triplets, and some maybe we'll get to triplets. We might do that next week. Who knows? <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, steaming right through Friday's edition of the Pick 6 Podcast, Super Friends Show. I, I don't know why I'm starting to randomly reset after these breaks. It's very weird. I can't stop myself. I'm just doing it. Um, what do you want to talk about, Sean? We'll do. Uh, we'll let you spin the magic wheel of destiny. Would you rather talk about the Packers' path to the Super Bowl, the triplets rankings that Dubin did, or – just kidding. You can't talk about Game of Thrones. Or what was the other thing I mentioned before the break? Lottery, Ryan's NFL lottery. NFL draft lottery. NFL draft lottery. You I pick. don't even know what that is, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's you not can, a real thing. sort of self-explanatory. Let's, well, the NFL doesn't have a draft lottery, so what is... Why Why is Sean on this podcast? I He's been know. completely and utterly useless for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, 20 weeks. <laughs> I know. That was actually nicer than yeah. I thought he was. Um, Ryan. You explain the draft lottery thing, then. Sean is as someone who doesn't even watch the NBA. But Tuesday night was the uh, draft NBA draft lottery, and it was crazy. Um, I didn't know the new rules until I read them, but apparently, um, if you're one of the four worst teams, you can get no worse than the fifth pick, I believe, based on the lottery system. Uh, only the teams that miss the playoffs can can take part in the lottery. So in the, in the NBA, that's 14 teams, and um, 
Let's see. The Knicks were one of the worst teams. Were the Lakers one of the worst teams? I can't remember who the other worst teams were. Um, but the Knicks had a 14% chance as one of the, they had the worst record in, in, in the NBA. They had one of the, uh, they had a 14% chance of getting the, the first overall pick, which would have been Zion Williamson, I'm guessing. And they ended up going, when did they go? Third. Third. Hey, and, really, really quickly, just to get it in before we forget, and I have to sprint out of here to go get my son from camp. Um, Scott Pioli. Assistant GM for the Falcons stepping down from his job, Field Yates of ESPN reports. The team is aware of and fully respects the decision as discussions about this have been ongoing for some time. Name to watch maybe with the Jets, possibly. Pioli Gase could see that happening. Uh, anyway, Ryan, continue on. I shared in an elevator with Scott Pioli at the uh, Senior Bowl. Very nice. I was expecting him not to be nice. He was very nice. So all the best to Scott. I'm sure he remembers our experience very fondly. Why did you expect him not to be nice? Because his, uh, his time but, in Kansas City was yeah the Chiefs thing where he was bugging Todd Haley's office reportedly and so on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, still, this guy, this guy, expecting him. This guy says the f word so much. <laughs> just, no, Todd Haley. Just I mean, oh, can you imagine? Oh, right, can you imagine yeah. listening to like hours and hours of Todd Haley, like bug Todd Haley Dave? He's just right. like just he's, he's just like you just have to listen to him like cuss about your family and your like I don't know. Um, Anyway. So anyway, the NBA draft lottery was Tuesday. Um, the Pelicans got the first overall pick. I think they only had like a 6% chance of getting that. And the um, Knicks got screwed out of Zion Williamson. They ended up going third. So uh, based off of that, I decided to, to re reorganize the, the top half of the, the NFL draft, um, mostly because there's not much going on, also to anger people who, who like to take issue with, with draft-related talk. So in the new draft, and I won't go through the whole thing, but I, I want to get your guys' thoughts and the new draft. So did you? Oh, so the, did the you Pelicans sort? Had the action. But did you sort these teams? Like you found a team like the Jaguars that would have been the, basically the equivalent of the Pelicans, and they got the first. The Pelicans were the seventh team. Okay. They got the first pick by virtue of the lottery. So the Jaguars had the seventh overall pick. Oh. They would have had the first overall pick in this redraft lottery style based on the NBA lottery. So without looking, or you can look, I don't care. Uh, we can just go through the first one, uh, the Jaguars, and, and call it a day or keep going. Doesn't Without matter. Without looking, I'll guess that you had him take Kyler Murray. I was going to say, who would you take first overall if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? Nothing else has changed leading up to the draft other than the fact that now you have the first pick. Uh, I would have taken Nick Bosa. Okay. I would have taken well, Quinn and Williams. Okay. Quinn and Williams. John. All right, let, let me put this to you. I took Kyler Murray. How do you explain? How do, Who helps you? What's the wins over Wilson? Kyler Murray or Quentin Williams slash um, Nick Bosa? Wins over Wilson. Well, I don't – you're looking at it like that. I'm looking wins over Wilson, Kyler Murray versus Nick Foles, and I don't think as far as the rookie year, the first year, that there's a big difference. So if you want to win now, which I think the Jags do, you amp up the defense and you get Quentin Williams or even Bosa like Princeton said. Sorry, sorry, Wilson. I'm sorry That's that okay. we all I just feel like that if Kyler Murray is 70% of Russell Wilson in year one, and that defense is already really good. They could have a chance to compete in that division. I, th- I mean, I love the Colts in that division right now. But but also throwing him in Cliff Kingsbury's offense versus uh, Doug Marone's, I would rather watch paint dry offense. Kyler Murray would go to complete waste there. So I, I just don't think it would be a good fit. It's fair, dog. It's fair. Yeah, that's comfortable slacks offense. Doesn't match up with the fancy pants offense of Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> uh, then elsewhere in the uh, this draft, you had the – who else did you have going of interest? Buffalo Bills. So who are you taking third overall? Does that mean that the, in your mind that the Kyler Murray falls to the Cardinals, who are now to have the number three pick? In that scenario, yes. But Who's here, taking two? Uh, the, the Bills. The Bills take Quinn and Williams instead of Ed Oliver at two. That that makes sense. I think that would be their pick. 
And then, yeah, the Cardinals would either have uh, Nick Bosa or Kyler Murray, and you feel pretty good about that because you would have to pay him less money. Um, now, Ryan, I noticed uh, – And if you flip that real quick, if the Bills or if the Jags did take Quinn and Williams, then I think the Bills would take Bosa. The, like, I think the two defensive guys would be the one-two picks. Yeah, if there wasn't a and trade. Murray would still fall to three. Yep. Uh, the Bengals at four. Just another Great reminder. News, John. The Bengals had the fourth pick. Another reminder Ooh. that the Bengals are terrible. Good for you, I'm Ryan. Pro, I'm now pro lottery. This is this is this is why Ryan did this to like make the Bengals have a top five pick. Well, who is who is John taking number four? Kyler Murray, uh, Nick Bosa, and Quinn Williams are off the board, John. If I am not taking a quarterback, so not Daniel Jones because I'm not Dave Gettleman, and not Dwayne Haskins, I would think I like what Ryan did. I think oh. that he had a tight end. I think nice. maybe a pass rusher because there's a lot of them still on the board, or uh, maybe a linebacker. I'd probably go Devin Bush. Or a tight end. Well, John, you won't believe this. Or Devin White. Devin White. I get my Devins mixed up. Ryan had him taking a, a tight end, TJ Hawkinson. No, he saw it. Oh. He said he agreed with it. Okay. Uh, then the San Francisco 49ers, Josh Allen, who they would get at number five instead of uh, Nick Bosa, they got at number two. The New York Jets, Brian Burns. And uh, that's a bad pick. I feel like that might get <laughs> Mike McCagman fired. No way. I would have, he'd still have a job if he took Brian Burns. The Raiders take Cleveland Farrell at seven, which seems much more reasonable than it did at four for some ridiculous reason. The Bucks well, land. Let me point out, by the way, I had them taking Devin White, but I was talking to RJ, our, net, our editor, and he wanted to have, if the pick was there that they took, you should keep it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, so I was fine with that. So that's why um, he goes again. Especially but, since they passed over Devin White to take Cleveland Farrell in the first place. Yes, right. Uh, then the Bucks go Devin White, Devin White. Uh, Giants, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Lions. I still wouldn't have taken Daniel Jones at nine. But right. But if they take him at six, you got to give it to him at nine. Um, the uh, the Lions take Ed Oliver instead of T.J. Hawkinson. I like it. Broncos go Devin Bush instead of Noah Fant. Even though they, they traded down for Noah Fant with the Steelers, the Steelers traded up to get Devin so they, Bush. They right. should have had him trade with the Steelers. It was a lottery. They didn't. The Steelers didn't get on the clock in the NBA lottery the other night. Okay, Rashawn Gary. This is just the same. Dan Christian Wilkins. This is just the same draft. What the hell is happening here? All right, we're done here. Uh, next, wow. Tyler Brenton. Murray <laughs> went to the Jaguars. This That's article, Brenton. Dwayne. Yeah, but why would Ryan change the pick if the pl- the player they took originally were still there? Ooh. That was RJ's. That was RJ's argument. Good question. This is but a lot of. This is more holes than a, a pound of Swiss cheese is what this has. I mean, this is just a fan fiction. This we has, this has, holes. this has more holes than the plot of Game of Thrones. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now that hurts. <laughs> um, okay. So, no, this is a good job by you, Ryan, even though all these are all the same. Um, I'm starting a petition for Ryan to redo his lottery draft. I, uh, we'll get, to, I tell you what, we'll get to triplets because I don't know if you guys know this, we have to record on Sunday again. So exciting news for you guys. Um, we will, uh, we will get to triplets and Packers Super Bowl path on Sunday, a Monday show. For now, we have one episode left. This is the final episode before Game of Thrones. We have four minutes until I have to leave. I love that people were complaining that we did a Game of Thrones podcast, and you're squeezing another four minutes in on a day we don't normally talk about Game of Thrones. It's the last shot you had to make a prediction. Just tell me who ends up on the throne. There is no throne. Oh, my God. Such a shot move. There is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Matrix, well done. Uh, I'm going to say that Brandon is on the throne, and his eyes turn blue. 
Oh, uh, he must have just read that on Reddit, and that's why he I didn't read anything. I read anything. Bring the spoilers out. <laughs> that's what happened. His eyes turn blue, and that is the setup for the prequel. I, I literally don't care at this point. I'm so over Game of Thrones. I think John goes north to reunite with Tormund and Ghost, and we, that's, we end up seeing Ghost again, and that's why we didn't see the big petting scene that people got mad about. So you, you, think, um, you think he's going to ghost Danny? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> that's funny. Are we really? That we think that was funny. Yeah, okay. It was funny. It was funny. Low bar here. Um, I, nobody, I, I nobody, nobody obvious, disagrees with that. The most obvious thing is obviously John and Arya would probably team up to take down Daenerys. I think I said this on the pod earlier this week. It would not surprise me if if Danny actually ends up surviving and winning, and it's just a very nihilistic ending. And it says, "Yes, she has a dragon. She's evil." Um, but you know what? Realistically, in a real wor- world, she would probably win. Mm. But it won't shock me if if they go for that. They go down that. What path. is your What is your no throne path that you were talking about here? Oh, I think they. There's no like central, you know, like throne kingdom ruler. I think they split into their separate domains and kind of just break it up into the seven different kingdoms. Fascinating, Sean. Fascinating and bold. I like it. Uh, Ryan, do you you don't care? You just don't. You're just out. This is like no, you. I, this is like you in golf in like 2013. Ryan's like, "That's it. I'm out on golf. Tiger's out. I'm out. I hate golf." Yeah. And you haven't watched golf since, even though Tiger. That was actually out. a better storyline. The Tiger Woods storyline than what happened in season eight of, of Game of Thrones. Um, no, listen, I love Breaking Bad. I've talked about this before. In the last episode, people quibble with, but the last season was very good. This season has been a nightmare. Not very well done, no matter what Sean says. And I'm not angry about it, but I'm not going to invest a lot of time and energy worrying about who ends up on the throne when ultimately it'll be a probably horribly told story. Do you? What do you guys think about doing a one episode? Since it'll be the last, it'll be the last Game of Thrones episode we ever do. One dedicated Game of Thrones episode next week to recap Who the whole thing. Who's asking for that? I want to meet this person. Brinson. Fans, fans <laughs> well, wait, of the show. Fans. Do I get to give my prediction first? Brinson, this is the second time in one podcast. I know, I do it on purpose. He skipped over my prediction like <laughs> it doesn't even matter, even though I'm the only one who, who's whose prediction from before the season could have been correct. What prediction? Uh, before the Game of Thrones season 8 started, we, we all predicted who would be on the throne. You guys are all out the door. You're done. Who do we I still like, have Sansa. I don't I even know Sansa. what I predicted. Who do we pick? John, you, you predicted uh, – I think I did a Danny, Danny in – on the throne and John in the north, which could theoretically happen. No, you picked Danny on the throne and then you jumped to Sansa happen. after I predicted Sansa. You jumped on no, the Sansa I, bandwagon. I said that was no out. I but anyway, anyway. Wow. Jo- so Sean was on board for like a really terrible ending to start the ease. Like, no, because she good. didn't know. He I didn't just... know that Danny was going to be such a horrible. Can I have my prediction time, please? Okay. Thank you. I think that John and Daenerys are both going to die, which I don't think Brinson's prediction of Bran on the throne is crazy, but I do think John and Danny are going to die, and that's my bold prediction. Okay. I like it. Uh, so we're going to – maybe we'll do – tweet us uh, at Will Brinson, at Pick 6 Pod, at Sean J. Wagner, at John Breach, at Ryan Wilson CBS. If you want to know – if you want to – let us know whether you want a – and you can DM me too if you want – whether you want a full Game of Thrones show – We'll either do a separate one or maybe some people just have to skip one day next week so we can do a full Game of Thrones show. I do know this. It will anger our boss, Eric K. if we do a full Game of Thrones show. So I kind of think we should. Bold strategy. Yeah, seriously. It's going to make some people who like decide my future employment mad. Let's do it. We can hand out awards. MVP of the season. Least valuable player. 
best team player. I, I like that because I don't want to sit here arguing with people about if they liked it or not. No, 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 no. We're not, yeah, right, I think right. we should do something like that where we have categories. Sean, Sean we've already been over this. You are going to be in charge of the rundown for that show. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. You're going to do the rundown. Do yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, I'll share the document with you ahead of time. You can put it all out there for everybody to see. Uh, we'll go over the topics. And we will, um, yeah. and we'll do it like it's an organized show. Speaking of organization, next week, Monday, gonna be the Super Friends back to talk about the stuff we mentioned earlier. We're gonna start going over the, uh, over-unders for each division, NFC East on Tuesday. Look how far ahead I'm planning. Maybe we'll talk to Pete Prisco on Wednesday, AFC, from the owners meetings, um, AFC East on Thursday, and then we'll be back on Friday to talk about Sean's top 25 under 25 list. Can't wait. It's gonna be a fun week. It's gonna be a fun off season. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you guys on Monday.